State Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. Our Inside the Valley NBC Hoops previews continue here nbcsports.com and the Missouri Valley Conference on SoundCloud Derek Dockett associate commissioner new media and technology with you and right now we're going to talk about a little bit about the Loyola Ramblers the Ramblers coming into the 2016-17 season as all teams with expectations of improving off of what they did last year uh and right now to here join me to talk more about the Ramblers and and their season is Jesse Kramer writing for the Catch and Shoot, covering a lot of Chicago teams up there. But uh, Jesse, we're, I've seen you up at a number of the loyal uh, games up there in Chicago. Uh, how do you keep yourself so uh, in tune with the Ramblers up there with so much going on? Uh, it's not always easy, but you know, I just I just love doing it. I, I live off of it, so it's always a good time to get around and see Loyal and all the other teams in Chicago. So I make time for it. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking time to join me here on the podcast. Uh, it's always great to get the inside of those that are uh, the boots on the ground, as I like to say, to, to talk more about our teams. But let's jump right into the Ramblers for this year. Um, obviously, Milton Doyle back, uh, freshman of the year, newcomer of the year, uh, a couple years ago in the league here. And he's a senior now. So obviously the expectations for not only the team, but him uh, as Milton goes, is that sort of the where the Ramblers will go this year? Yeah, he's certainly the guy who's going to have to uh, carry the team this year, even more so than in past years. Um, I mean, obviously he was, like you said, the freshman newcomer of the year a couple of years ago, and then he had a really good sophomore year, but it got uh, he had the injury issues and you know, not being able to play a full season that year. And then last year, he kind of never really found a groove, and his shooting, shooting numbers dipped, his turnover numbers were up. So this year, they're really going to need him even more than last year to to the high level, he's going to have to be, um, you know, definitely an all-conference level player. If Loyola is going to be in the you know top five or six of the conference, like they're really hoping to be this year. Milton being one of two seniors on this year's roster, but man, they have a whole host of juniors when you look at their roster. One of those being uh, Dante Ingram and Ben Richardson, guys who made contributions last year. Uh, when you look up and down this this team's roster. Um, anything stand out for you uh, looking past Milton? Who might be significant role players for for the Ramblers in 2016-17? Yeah, well, we mentioned Ben Richardson. He's certainly a guy that I think could have a big jump in his production this year because, you know, there are so many other guards ahead of him on the depth chart last year, like Devin Turk and Earl Peterson, who graduated now. So he's going to have a lot more room to work. And he's a great three-point shooter, one of the better three-point shooters in the conference, really. And he's also a really solid defender, good two-way player. And um, we'll see the floor open up more for him and then get some more playing time. And then you also look at Clayton Custer, who is an Iowa State transfer, and he redshirted last season. Um, and he's coming in as a redshirt sophomore now, I believe. And he uh, actually played with Ben Richardson in high school, so there should be some good chemistry there in the back with the two of them. And Porter Moser was really excited about getting Clayton Custer off the floor this year after his redshirt season. He's a, you know, he's a guy who can shoot the ball a bit. He can definitely score, but he's at his best as a true point guard. He can pass the ball, distribute the ball, and that'll also take some pressure off of guys like Richardson and Doyle, who can play the points a little bit, but are really at their best when they're off the ball. When Porter's recruiting, what do you think is sort of a 
his his mantra to get these guys to come there because it's sort of when you're in Chicago, there's so much going on. And a school like that where you're really trying to build something, and, and it seems that since they've been in the Valley, there has been that improvement. But how do you think uh, some of these guys make the decision to, to, to come to Loyola, from, from your, your, your opinion? Sure. Um, from, you know, from what I can gather, I think that, first of all, being in the Valley has definitely been a big draw for a lot of these recruits. Um, not the, not, no, not in the Horizon League. It's also a really good mid-major conference, but I think the Valley, especially with the way Wichita State and Northern Iowa have performed in recent years, um, it's really up to the Valley's profile a lot and made it more of a national conference. So, you know, guys from the Chicago area and also from around the country know the Valley, so that's definitely a draw. Chicago as a city is also a draw. It's a good sports city, honestly, just because there's so many pro sports teams, the colleges do get bit overshadowed sometimes or doesn't take away from the fact that you're in one of the best, biggest cities that this country has to offer. And then I think part of it has also been, you know, he, he broke through with, um, you know, a guy like Milton Doyle who originally played to Kansas and has developed him fairly well, although there have been zero blocks of injuries and um, the lack of production last season. But once you maybe get a, a relatively big name recruit like Milton Doyle, it kind of opens up the pathways for guys to you know, kind of follow that path and um, not feel like they're going to a lower-profile school necessarily, but a place where other higher-profile players have gone in the past. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I, I guess I didn't really think about it that way because I've never been recruited uh, myself, never been a Division One athlete, so that, that's something to think about. When I look at the, the Ramblers' uh, non-conference schedule, some, some solid opponents on tap for them this year, St. Joe's, uh, North Carolina State, uh, 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 and, and some other opponents as part of the Paradise Jam. Uh, and then San Diego State's part of the Mountain West Challenge that the league has. And, and then the Ramblers renewing uh, some of those old Horizon League uh, foes with Wright State, Milwaukee, UIC, and then matchup uh, at Toledo as well before they jump into conference play. Um, they've got some good opportunities to, to sort of make some ways in, non, in non-conference schedule before they jump into the league. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, the Paradise Jam is going to give them a, at least a few really big opportunities. Um, you know, they're going to potentially play NC State twice if they get that extra game in Raleigh as part of the part of the tournament. And um, also that uh, Mountain West game against San Diego State is going to be huge. And like you said, some of these Horizon League rivalries, those are going to be really good, hopefully, to get some of the local fans out and get some good environments because it's some familiar names, some local names promoting, you know, like UIC within the city of Milwaukee, only a couple of hours away. And, uh, you know, they definitely, uh, you know, they have two non-Division one opponents on the schedule, but aside from that, they've really stepped up their game in terms of scheduling this year. Like that, I know that's been an emphasis in the Valley to really get teams to, um, you know, bolster up their non-conference schedule to help out RPI and strength of schedule and all those sorts of things to help the conference profile overall and help get teams into the postseason. And they'll have their opportunity that they could come out of uh, – Conference with a winning record, maybe get a game, get a win in the Paradise Jam, and then have another solid NBC season and finish in the top six. They could get back to um, a tournament like the CBI, like they did two years ago. You've been able to come down for Arch Madness the last couple of years, haven't you? Yeah, I've been down there. Yes, three three straight years now. So it's kind of interesting. The Ramblers, since they've been as part of the league, they've been. Uh, uh, involved in some of the more memorable Arch Madness games the last few years with the, the Milton Doyle last-second shot their first year, the tournament against Bradley. And, of course, they had a 
was just a great game against Wichita State last year, a, a nice back and forth that Wichita State ultimately uh, came on on top with. But the opportunity that they've had to, to make those waves, and, and they sort of made improvements either each year, progressing further and further uh, at Arch Madness, I guess, uh, not counting the year where they actually won the postseason uh, CBI uh, tournament. Postseason, that's obviously everyone's goal, but I, I guess I've got to really think that they're they're poised to again as Milton Doyle can take them, but poised to make you know more strides in in postseason and, and specifically Arch Madness and playing deeper into the tournament. I would think. Yeah, I mean they they really have performed well considering that they were near the conference just a few years ago. Their postseason and their conference tournament, and um, you know the CBI tournament, they really performed well in March. When you think about it, because they've they've won at least one game in March Madness each year they've been in the conference, and now two of those were in the playing round, but still, and they made the semifinal of the year when they beat Indiana State and then lost to Northern Iowa, and that was obviously a big moment for them. And um, yeah, that experience that they have from all of that, from the Arch Madness and the CBI, is definitely huge. I mean, at this point, there aren't as many players who were on the CBI team as there were. Uh, last year, but it's definitely still something that this program has been able to build on, and you know they got a they got a taste of that um, two years ago, getting to the CBI and getting all the way to the semifinals, um, and that's something that you know they they want more of it. Like they weren't satisfied that year, and it really stung them that they didn't get back there last year. And it's definitely a point of emphasis for the team this year to make an, an arch madness run and get into the postseason again. All right, of course, a, lo- a lot of the discussion is how different the league looks with so many seniors graduating last year that played major roles for their teams. Uh, look no further than Wichita State for that. Uh, you know, Northern Iowa, uh, Evansville, all those seniors that played such significant roles. When you look around the league, what's your thought on uh, a preseason poll? Obviously, Wichita State seems to be, again, uh, odds on favor to be the number one team in the uh, preseason. But how do you think the, the top five might shake out in the league? Um, well, my picks for the poll, I, I still think Wichita State is the team to beat. Obviously, losing Fairley and Baker is huge. Those guys have been the two best players in the conference for years. But I still think that, you know, that they got guys like Shaq Morris and uh, Connor Frankham and Landry Schermett, who uh, registered last year. I think they'll, they'll still be a team to beat, I think. But I think Illinois State could challenge them. They've got a very good veteran group. I think Mikhail McIntosh and Deontay Hawkins have both kind of flown under the radar, but they're really two of the more productive big guys and very versatile big guys in the conference. And I still think Northern Iowa will be in the mix. I think I think Jeremy Morgan um, will surely be a first-team player this year. He's one of my favorite guys to watch in the conference just because he's such a great two-way player. And um, I think he could still get them into the top three. And then I think kind of four through six or seven is pretty even. I mean, I, I think Missouri State could be a good sleeper this year. I know I'm not alone in that just from being on Twitter. I've seen a lot of people giving the Bears some love. They had a young group last year but, and, and they returned most of their players. I think Loyola could, and then I think Loyola and Southern Illinois are also competing for that top four or five spot. Um, obviously, Southern Illinois loses Anthony Dean, but they return basically the rest of their guys. Just um, and then Indiana State, I mean, they, they also they had some injuries last year. They lose a few good players, but Greg Lanson always keeps, keeps his team competitive. So, you know, I, I picked them seventh, but I could see them finding a way to get into the top four, even just because 
Greg Lynn, I think he's always find a way to get his team competitive. And if you're filling out a, a ballot as well for preseason all-conference, who you got? For all-conference, I got um, I got Jeremy Morgan as my player of the year. And yeah. then I had uh, Ben Scott as a close second. I mean, he's the, he's the only guy, I believe, yeah. from either all-conference last year returning in the entire league. And then I had Shaq Morris from Wichita State, Marcus McDuffie from Wichita State. That might be a little bit of a sleeper there. I was choosing between him. And uh, nearly put um, one of the Illinois State guys on there. And then I also have Milton Doyle. So I think he's going to really thrive now that he's a senior. All right. Well, it's going to be fun to watch all this stuff. Like I said, it's, it's, the league has gotten a little bit younger now, but there's still some significant seniors that are going to be uh, uh, finding their opportunities now to take some shots and, and make a difference for their team. So but before I let you go, I'm doing this thing where I'm asking everybody – uh, for Valley fans that might be heading on the road to watch their teams, when they come to Chicago, in your case, uh, can you give us a, a name of a restaurant or a pregame place to check out uh, around the campus there in, in Rogers Park uh, that, that might be sort of a, a, a must-hit, I guess, if, if fans are coming up for Loyola for a game? Sure. Um, I mean, the area around Loyola's campus isn't uh, – doesn't have a whole lot. You want to go if you want to get the real fun stuff. You got to go more into downtown Chicago. But there's still a few, uh, you know, bars and pubs and restaurants in the area. Sure. Bar 63 is a fun spot for students. It's right on, uh, basically right next to Loyola's campus. I can't remember the name of the other bar where a lot of the alumni go off the top of my head. It's the Ireland's Underground Pub is the other spot, and that, that's where a lot of the, like official um, Loyola, um, you know, pre games and watch parties for games usually are all right well very cool well i appreciate your time sir and uh hopefully if i can get up i i, I was up there uh, last year for the creighton game i know which has turned out in loyola's favor so hopefully if i could get up there for a game again we'll be able to chat uh pre-game and post-game uh when the ramblers are on the court yeah definitely love to see you up here in chicago all right thanks for your time i appreciate it jesse we'll talk to you soon the Valley on ESPN3 is home to hundreds of live events from across the Missouri Valley Conference. With television service from one of many providers, you can watch live anytime, anywhere on WatchESPN.com or the ESPN app. With a number of devices and platforms reviewing, The Valley on ESPN3 has all the action all season long. For more information, visit NBCSports.com slash The Valley on ESPN3. Dan Schnell's been the voice of the Bradley Braves men's basketball program for a great amount of time. We won't put years on him, but if anybody knows Bradley basketball, it is Dave, and I'm pleased to welcome him into our Inside the Valley podcast. Dave, how are things in Peoria? Uh, things are great. We're really looking forward to the season, Derek. Uh, things have uh, have changed a lot in one year. Uh, Brian Wardle has brought in uh, a very talented uh, recruiting class to go with that team that was the youngest in the country last year. And the mix is, uh, is very good. And uh, what fans will notice first and foremost is this team can score. They can, they can really shoot. And that has not been the case over the, uh, over the past few years. They have struggled offensively to score and had to try to slow games down and, and win with their defense. And uh, not that they will uh, take anything away from that because you have to play defense to win. But certainly, they will not be in the same position offensively that they've been in the past. They have a number of shooters, 
and uh, fans will notice a, a huge difference in, in the Bradley Braves. There's got to be a level of positivity uh, from those guys in the program that you mentioned them being the youngest in the, the country, one of the youngest basketball teams in the country last year. Now the experience that they've gained, their coach in the second year with them, they've all sort of you know gotten going, going through taking those knocks together. Now they're they're going in another year in 2016-17. The comfort level, the confidence levels, uh, those have to be increasing as as uh, practice continues. There, and I, I'm, I'm assuming you see more than anybody there being there on campus and seeing practice all the time. I see practice almost every day. And uh, the thing that I noticed about uh, Brian, he had to do a lot of teaching last year yeah. because there were so many freshmen. But he encompasses, in all of my time here, the best, really, uh, qualities of, of each coach that I've worked with. He's, uh, he's very personable with, uh, with our fan base. He realizes the, uh, the tradition and the history here. He is a great teacher. He's very patient, but he's also very passionate and really uh, works very, very hard at his job. And he doesn't miss a thing from putting up uh, flags in our practice facility of our foreign players to um, constantly reminding them of the players that played here in the past. And we had quite a summer because in that basketball tournament, our Sweet 16 team made the uh, Final Four. And uh, probably could have won it had Daniel Ruffin not have ruptured an Achilles tendon in the semifinal game because he was playing very well. We have a point guard now that's coming in that's a freshman that reminds me a whole lot of Daniel. Okay. And uh, he, he can shoot. His name is Daryl Brown. He's only the second player ever from, the, from Memphis, Tennessee, to play at Bradley. Wow. And uh, he's just one of the freshmen that they're, uh, they're going to rely on. And we've got another Australian. and. Uh, we have a uh, a player from Africa, another player from Africa. So I mean, they're, they're from they're from all over, but uh, <laughs> they they really have meshed very well, and their practices are hard, they're intense, but I like what I see. When you think about we we talked a lot about uh, the tremendous amount of seniors that we had in the valley last year, uh, and all those guys have graduated now. You look at Bradley's roster; uh, you got some sophomores. Uh, juniors and a host of freshmen there. Those guys that run the team last year, playing the, the Valley schedule, playing the Wichita State, Evansville, uh, Indiana State, just you know, up and down the conference. Uh, they got to feel like there's opportunity now that as they grow and as they continue to, to stick in the program and and, and listen to Brian, that they've got to have tremendous opportunity now, seeing that they've played against the talented guys that have gone on and graduated now, and they're around and they. They've battled these guys that have that graduated, and now here's their chance to sort of get the spotlight. It's a great thing about our league yeah. is we don't have players that, uh, that leave for the NBA after one year. They stay together. And, and Wichita State, obviously, with Baker and Van Bleet, the prime example of what you can do over a period of time when you have the same nucleus play together and what can be accomplished. That's, uh, that's abnormal for teams with great talent in the country. Well, and, and Bradley is, uh, is part of that. We've only had one player being Patrick O'Brien that has left for the NBA in the last, uh, two decades. So, uh, that's one that's great for our league. And secondly, because Bradley had to really start all over again, 
with the freshman class, that bodes well for the future. But make no mistake, they also realize that everybody else is in the same boat and building as well, and we have great programs in our league. And um, the, uh, you know, Wichita State is the uh, standard bearer until somebody knocks them off, uh, no matter how many players they have coming back because of their great interest and fan support. And I think there's a lot in common between the, those two schools. Um, then uh, they know what the, they have to do, and I think Brian is on the right track to getting there. You, you talked about the fan support and the, the interest there. Uh, Bradley's just well-known within our league having one of the, those fan bases where they really care about Bradley basketball. It, it is sort of a, the thing to do there, and, and the community sort of uh, prides themselves on that team up there. Uh, it appears that uh, Brian immersed himself in the community up there and wanted his guys to sort of uh, do the same thing. Uh, you've seen some of the, the community involvement going on, and this, I know the spaghetti dinners have returned. Uh, what's it? What's the sort yes. of fan sentiment has been? What's 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 the word on Bradley basketball when you hear about uh, folks around town? Well, first of all, under uh, you know Brian's leadership and and also uh, Dr. Chris Reynolds, our athletic director, who's just incredible. Uh, last year we had over four thousand community hours, uh, oh. and a, a GPA that uh, was the highest in school history across the board. And Brian is very very. Uh, uh, on board with that and community service and whatever. And yeah, there'll be a, uh, a spaghetti supper at the I2 hall, uh, this evening, which is a uh, Thursday evening that will be attended by maybe 1500 people. And, uh, and, and these are the mom and pop, uh, fans that have been there for so long. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. I know that that means a lot for a program, uh, to have that kind of support. Um, when you look at the league now, uh, we talked about Wichita State. You mentioned that. Uh, when, you, when you size up the league from your, your perspective, you've been around, you've seen this league through a lot. Uh, how, what do you, how do you shape up at least the top four or five teams? What are you expecting out of the Valley this year? Until somebody knocks up Wichita State off, they've yeah. got to be the team to beat. Um, and you know what Ben Jacobson does. So he does. It doesn't matter how, what he loses. He just punches the – uh, the next group into his system. So they're always going to be competitive. And Jeremy Morgan, obviously is going to be uh, a big part of that. Uh, Illinois state has a lot of, uh, they have uh, McIntosh who's got a little bit of a knee issue now, but he should be okay. And Paris Lee. So anytime you have a veteran point guard coming back, uh, you're in, you should be in pretty good shape. So I think they will be, I think they'll probably be picked one, two with, uh, then uh, you have another group, which is uh, with Northern Iowa, w- having lost so many players, uh, Washburn and and, uh, and, the, and the great shooters that they had. And then you have uh, uh, Missouri State coming on. I think Indiana State uh, had a good recruiting year, and they've got Brenton Scott back. So I think, you know, in the middle, uh, Milton Doyle, you can just go on and on down the list of, of players that uh, are coming back and those we don't even know about right? for the most part. But I, I would be surprised if it's not uh, in order Wichita State, Illinois State, and perhaps Northern Iowa by reputation more than anything else being the top three and everybody else fighting for it. And yeah. who knows, there may become a team like Southern Illinois last year came out of nowhere and uh, and had a terrific season. So 
there could be that this year, and it might be the Bradley Braves. Who knows? I think you said it best, fighting for it. That seems always what it, what things turn out, especially once you get towards the middle of the pack and whatnot. There's always that mashup of uh, the tiebreaker that Mike Kern will have to deal with the last weekend of before the tournament. Um, That's I'm, always fun. Yeah, I'm glad he gets to deal with it and not me. Uh, when, right. when you look at their roster, you, you mentioned you see practice. I'm just kind of curious. Is there anybody that uh, may stand out that might fly under the radar, a, a player that may not be grabbing attention? I and mean, we know about Luke Von Bray and, and uh, Dwayne Laudier Agunlier. Uh, it's, it's good mm-hmm. having a year to say that name and learn how to say it, by the way. Um, anybody D-Lo. That, yeah, <laughs> D-Lo. Anybody that might fly under the radar that we should be looking out on the Braves? Well, we have a player, a local player from Metamora by the name of Nate Cannell, who uh, – Reminds me a little bit of another Metamora player, and that was Aaron Zobras years ago, who okay. played with uh, Anthony Parker. Yeah, and there's a six eleven guy from um, from uh, well, he's played in Indiana some, but his name is name is Koch Bar. He's six eleven, and usually, sometimes I don't want to be over uh, uh, pinholing here, but usually when a player comes from Africa, they're usually like pin uh, like pipe cleaners. Yeah, they're big and they're thin and they block shots, but they're not really offensive players. Uh, This guy is very physical and, um, you know, I hate to put this kind of pressure on him, but he's probably better coming in as a freshman than Patrick O'Brien was. Wow. Okay. And you can't teach size. He plays very hard as well. And and, and the point guard, Daryl Brown Jr., who is from Memphis that I mentioned, uh, those those guys are uh, have really caught my eye, and then also a transfer named JoJo McGlaston. Great name. Uh, there's a there's a get back and Beatles reference there that's coming somewhere <laughs> with JoJo, and um, that and uh, if Koch Bar gets a three point play, it's going to be Bar 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 Jackpot. So uh, I'm already working on. I was going to say you're working on, on your calls. Stuff. I can tell. Yeah, you you never stop working because uh, if you do, you're done. Nice. But anyway, uh, it's it's a pleasure to to you know meet these new student athletes and get to know what makes them tick. And the guys that have been around now are are having to lead. And we only have two juniors, with one being the transfer McGlass, and the other one is uh, Dante Thomas, who's been around. And we have no members of our senior class. So yeah. senior night will be. Uh, Will not be a night. Yeah, this I was year. gonna say not till next year at least. So, all right, that's well, right. Well, I appreciate your time. Before I let you go, I'm I'm sort of tying all these little episodes in together uh, with everyone I talk to to sort of pick their brain about two things: a place in their mm-hmm. city, uh, an establishment, restaurant, whatever it might be uh, that they would recommend folks when they're coming to town. So, in your case, Peoria, and then your favorite mm-hmm. place. You've you've been to all of our league cities, obviously. Uh, your favorite place on the road to visit uh, around the league? That's easy. Uh, the uh, place in Wichita, uh, steak, the steak place on Kellogg. Okay, yeah. Scotch and Sirloin. Scotch and Sirloin is my favorite place in the league uh, in Wichita. And here in Peoria, I would recommend Alexander Street Steakhouse. Yeah. That, have you been there? I have. I've been to both, actually. So uh, hopefully that that meets the Derek Dockett feel uh, of approval. <laughs> it, it, it certainly uh, those does. Those two, and there and there are a number of other great places yes. in, in the league. Uh, but uh, if I had to pick one, 
uh, scotch and sirloin would be uh, be my numero uno on the road. Dave Snell, I really appreciate your time, sir, and uh, I can't wait to uh, visit with you again. Uh, if you can't make it to media day, uh, but seeing you uh, is always a fun time and, and being able to catch up and talk uh, Cardinal baseball for 2017. There, there you go. <laughs> I love the people in the Valley, and you guys have worked there for, for so long, and you're like family to us here in Peoria. You're welcome anytime, and I can't wait to see everybody. In the near future, it's about time to tip it off. Absolutely. Thanks so much, sir. Have a good day. All right, Derek. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.